Hello, everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap. Johnny Nani here, back from the boonies. Uh, we are here for Sunday Funday. I'm joined by Tony Marchese. Uh, Tony, good to finally be back on the mic with you. How you doing, man? Johnny, I'm doing well. I've been cracking beers all day in the uh, the crazy Marchese garage. Uh, got to watch some football. Got to watch the White Sox. Got to watch the Cubs lose and pretty much blow their chances at the playoffs today. Uh, got to play a little hockey. In, in the in the garage as as you've done before you know that's always a good time um, oh, yeah. so it, it was a great day and i'm i'm still in the garage it's now 10 o'clock and uh i got out here about nine hours ago and uh I, my beer fridge is getting close to empty so that's <laughs> what's that's what you'd call a good weekend i think that, that's what i call sunday fun day tony yeah i've been having a great sunday fun day um, little quick story. Uh, you know, the, the sun today, um, I'll, I'll leave it. I still have the evidence here. He, uh, he got this, uh, nice little root beer and put it in a koozie and, uh, he cracked it so hard that the, the, the top of the can, the, the little tab fell off and he yelled crack him. So I was pretty proud of my son. Uh, <laughs> you know, he, he, he was, uh, he was enjoying that. He did that right as the Cubs were losing. Uh, and blowing that game, and he turns to me and he said, "Dad, I'm really happy the Cubs lost." And you know what? There's nothing better than seeing the next generation of White Sox fans and Cubs haters um, just grow up and 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 learn to hate the Cubs and love the White Sox as much as we do, Johnny. Um, so just a great day all around. Yeah, that, that was great when you sent me that picture. Uh, first of all, yeah, I mean that's the brand reaching uh, the youths, as we'd say. Yeah. Uh, so that's good. And then, like you had said, uh, man, I, I was listening to that. I was on my way home from northern Wisconsin, listening to the end of that Cubs game. And I couldn't help but laugh because I was in the car with my uncle, who is a Cardinals fan. So uh, we, we had a good chuckle over that. But, um, you know, uh, just <laughs> I, I, I want to get into it. It's Sunday fun day. I want to yeah. get into this real quick before we talk any White Sox, before we, you know, dive into the end of this season. That's been a little disappointing, I think, overall. I just want to talk about, you know, there's a lot of people out there who think that, you know, we should worry about the White Sox first. And, and of course, that's that's what we want to do. We want to worry about the White Sox. But it's also, I think, really fun to dislike the Cubs for many reasons. You know, it, it's not just the fact that we share a city with them. It's the fact that we've kind of had to have always played second fiddle to an organization that really has never won anything besides one World Series in most of Chicagoland's lifetime. You know, an organization that that seems to garner national attention at every single move that they make, yet really did this whole rebuild, and it was... All for what? One World Series? I mean, the Sox in 2005 won a World Series on a Kenny Williams half-rebuild, put-together, slapped-together roster, you know? So the Cubs went and they did it the Cubs' way. They got Theo Epstein in there, a guy that led Boston to their championships, a guy that constructed, you know, he's the baseball mastermind. Like, everything, everything about the organization was just so in-your-face, Right? You know, the, the the revamp of the Wrigley Field area, it was supposed to be, you know, baseball capital of the world. And, and look what they're doing right now. They're choking to the same teams that have always given them trouble before. The St. Louis Cardinals, the Milwaukee Brewers have owned them now 
for what seems like two years. They've made bad moves, saddled so much money up into guys like Jason Hayward, and you Darvish is finally starting to pitch well. And the rest of the team is just choking all around them. There's there's something so pleasant to watch about that. I just can't put my finger on it. But I, today I was really thinking, this is the Cubs team I know. This is the Cubs team that yes. I've grown up with. This is the Cubs team where you're watching them and you just you can feel the loss coming. And to me, it feels like my faith in the baseball gods have returned. My faith in humanity has returned because the Cubs will choke when you need them to. And there's nothing better than that for me um, besides the White Sox making the playoffs and, and winning the World Series. I don't know any other greater feeling in baseball than watching that sorry-ass fan base you know, get all worked up and cry about choking games in late September, early October. That's just so fun for me to watch. And I'm sorry if you if you think that that's that's wrong or, you know, just not good, you know, not being a good White Sox fan. But to me, rooting against the Cubs is something that I love to do. I'm I'm just going to come right out and say it. Screw those guys. I love watching them lose. It's just as fun as watching the White Sox win. I love it, Tony. That was a great opening uh, rant to this. Um, I want to just want to add on a few things. First of all, touching back on one thing that you said uh, to kind of preface for our listeners where we're sitting on this. Everything about the Cubs has just been so in your face ever since 2015, ever since the beginning of that season with Brian coming up and all of that. And I get it. It is exciting at the time or whatever, but, you know, they dominate the the media share here in Chicago. Uh, they get the most eyes on them. And that brings us to our point of why, you know, why are we spending the first, you know, few minutes of a Sox on tap talking about the Cubs here? Well, the White Sox compete in the Chicagoland area and, you know, in the surrounding states for eyes, for dollars, for fandom, for loyalty. Um, yes. it's, it's, it, you want to see your competition get crushed. Um, and this weekend, uh, our competition got crushed by one of their biggest competitions in the, within their division. So um, that, that was super sweet to see. Uh, I just wanted to double down on those points that you had said. And, and I think that, uh, you know, it, for me, uh, and I will say, you know, you said, oh, some people say just focus on the White Sox. Uh, we're better than that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's for me, growing up, part of being a White Sox fan is always rooting against the Cubs. So I have two interests, the White Sox and whoever plays the Cubs. Yep. And <laughs> that's where we're at. Um, yep. So that, that that is why we are sitting here talking about this. And it was uh, kind of first and uh, foremost here uh, on the headlines today in Chicago baseball because the White Sox uh, fell five to three uh, against the Tigers, a team that's, you know, pulling a bigger tank job than I don't think I've ever seen before. Hell, they're worse than the Orioles. Um, so, it, you know, just makes it a little bit. You know, we're still going to talk about it. We're still going to break it down. But it, uh, you know, I wanted to get that out there because uh, I enjoyed seeing that. And it also, to me, you know, everyone's been talking about, you talk about these Cubs fans getting all worked up and all this. For the longest time, it was Theo's league and everyone, you know, he's a genius and all these guys are going to work out great. And then when some of them don't pan out uh, and they fall flat on their faces uh, just from poor execution uh, and lack of a solid back end bullpen, um, a, a, it, uh, a, a less than solid back end bullpen that they went out and they spent millions and millions of dollars to try and fix. Hell yeah. I mean, look at Craig Kimbrell, their big signing that, you know, um, that blew up in their face twice this past weekend. Uh, home and they're saddled with them for a while now. Two more years after this. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, it, it is it is fun to see that happen. Uh, I don't care how petty that sounds. 
uh, I will be super petty. It will be uh, the petty socks on tap here tonight. Um, I don't mind talking about it, Tone. <laughs> no, I don't either. And and here's the next part in, in this that I want to get to is you brought it up, competing for dollars, competing for eyes. I think that's something that I don't know if we discussed it on a Shy Socks Weekly or if we just discussed this in, in a group chat. I know we've talked about it with, with Pete and we've talked about it in the in in lot b and and so forth but you know there's a lot of people out there who do want to say you know don't be petty about it don't don't worry about what they're doing they're in a totally different league to me and i want to just echo this and hammer it home you can be in a different league and still compete even more than in the standings you know this is a business you want to look at the white Sox as a business they're competing with one team, and that's the Chicago Cubs, for like exactly all the same things that you said: eyes, dollars, butts in seats, TV viewers, radio listeners. You know they're competing at you know your local Kohl's store when somebody walks in and wants to buy merchandise. They're competing all over Chicagoland. And the, the Cubs have always had the upper advantage, not only just in Chicago, but nationally. And to watch them fail at you know what their goals are is a win for the White Sox because it opens up an opportunity for the White Sox to strike. I said this in our group chat today, and I said, man, I want this White Sox team to come out here this offseason, make some signings, go make some noise next year. You've got right now a batting title contender who looks like he could just lock it down and win the batting title in Tim Anderson. You've got a guy who would be an MVP talks had he not suffered a few different little injuries over the season in Yohan Moncada, a guy that, that looks like what you were expecting out of the number one prospect in all of baseball when you acquired him. You've got a guy heading up your rotation, who now looks like an absolute steal in a straight-up trade with Adam Eaton, and you still got more out of that trade in Lucas Giolito, who went from the worst pitcher in baseball to, I'd say, a top-five guy in baseball. And it doesn't look like he's going to slow down. You've got <laughs> league leader in RBIs, who is going to take a hometown discount to stay with you. You've got a young rookie who was out for numerous times this year on month-long IL stints who still managed to hit 30 home runs with effortless power and never even managed to pull the ball. I don't think he's hit a home run to left field at all this but season. The one today was his first true pull, I believe. Yeah, I, th I think that, like, and, and we're talking, this is end of September. Effortless power. You've got some of the best utility men in all of baseball in Lure Garcia, and, and dare I say, Yomer Sanchez, who plays very well on defense, can lay down a button. He's serviceable. If Lure and Yomer are your bench guys, I think you're in good shape. You've got a closer that's only blown two saves all year and set up guys in Aaron Bummer and Evan Marshall. You've got the makings of a great team. Go out and do what Ricky said today when he was talking to Scott Merkin and the rest of the press. Add some pitching, add some hitting, and 
damn it, the White Sox could be the forefront of baseball in Chicago for the next five to ten years if you do this correctly. And I think that's what makes me so nervous. And it's not negativity when I say it. And I know, Johnny, you were talking about the sarcasm and all this other stuff. It's a real concern that the White Sox can blow an opportunity to capture the next generation of young fans yes. over the next five to ten years and set a different tone for White Sox baseball. I'm tired of being second fiddle to a team that even with the the quote-unquote messiah of Theo Epstein couldn't even string together two World Series out of the rebuild. And that's not to say that they may not come back next year and be a stronger team, but just look at where they're at right now. Look at where they're at. They've got tough decisions coming up. Very it's tough be, decisions. Tony, I think what you're hitting at here is it's going to be a vulnerable point of baseball in Chicago, the state of it baseball is. in Chicago. It is. It is a very vulnerable point right now. And you see how many, and not that there wasn't before, but you see how many young kids are at the bus stop wearing Cubbies shit. You see how many people in Chicago, the casual baseball fan, are in on the Cubs because it's the hot ticket. We saw with the Blackhawks back in 2010 through 2015 how the city can get behind a team and just propel them to be the gold standard because the Hawks were the gold standard. And so quickly everybody forgot about the Blackhawks in 2016 when the Cubs won. I don't know if we're going to get the same attention if we do this correctly, but there's going to be a different feeling around this team, not only in Chicago, but I think nationally, if they do this correctly. And this is why you can't fuck this up. You can't. You cannot screw it up. This is too important right now, not only from the winning baseball game standpoint but from a business standpoint from an all-around organization standpoint to make sure that you don't from, screw up this off from a pride standpoint too from a pride from everything yeah you know you want you want to you want to make the white Sox be a team that free agents want to come to you want to make the white Sox a team that you know gets recognition on espn and national media you want to make this team somewhere that players say you want to come play here. Now's the chance you're watching. You're literally watching this Titanic sink across town. And you have the chance to go scoop up everybody that's on it and take it for a ride. And that's only going to lead to money in Jerry's pockets. That's going to lead to excitement on the South side. That's going to lead to wins playoff baseball and everybody being happy, cracking them in celebration when the White Sox are winning. And that's what I want to see happen. Yeah, Tony, I, I wanted to get back to one. First of all, beautiful metaphor there. Uh, that, that was a perfect way to put it with the Titanic sinking on the north side of town. I like that a lot. Um, but one thing that I did want to hit on there is, sure, we you had listed off all these positives, and it's great. I'm not discrediting any of that. Obviously, this is what we wanted to see out of guys like Moncada, Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, Lucas Giolito, etc., but think about how we perceive that, and we're dialed in this team every day, so we know it, we see it. How many people nationally right now are really that familiar with even a Yohan Mankata, or even that familiar with, um, you know, 
Eloy Jimenez just because he's not a Fernando Tatis or Pete Alonso. You know what I'm saying? Um, the White well, Sox that, need to do the White Sox need to do things like you had said. And uh, for me, this always goes back now to what they're going to do this winter via trade or free agency. Do something else that's going to put you on the map. Sure, those guys are great. Those are great core pieces to have in line here, and it's exciting times there. But you can never do it on just those guys alone. You have to supplement, and that is where they cannot fuck this up, like you just said. No, you can't. And, you know, I think if you're really dialed in, and one of the guys that I want to go back to is Justin Havens. We had him on Shy Sox Weekly. He talked about how well Johan Moncada is going to do. And, you know, he kind of called it. And I think we, as Chicago White Sox fans, didn't really believe it. I think we kind of laughed it off. This was last offseason. I can't wait to check back in with him and say, hey, so you were right on this. What do you think about Timmy next year? What do you think about Eloy next year? What are these guys going to do? You know, he's dialed into not only just what's going on in the little universe that is White Sox baseball, which you and I, I think, kind of focus in on, not that we're, we don't pay attention to what's going on elsewhere. But I think when we take a little bit of a step back, Johnny, and, and, and this isn't anything you know, to, to, to say disregard what we see because we're so close to it. I think that that's important too. But if you do take a step back, I think you really do have the building blocks in place. I don't know if it's luck or if it was, you know, just pure skill and, and Rick Hahn really knew what he was doing when he pulled off some of these trades. But going back, like, you, you really think, like, wow, Adam Eaton for Lucas Giolito would have been probably just fine, and you wound up with another flyer, kind of, in, in Reynaldo Lopez, and um, you go back to the, the Chris Sale, Yohan Moncada thing, and, and I think Moncada's going to be really beneficial for this team over the course of the next, you know, however long he's here, but especially in the near immediate future, uh, more than Chris Sale would be. I mean, he's he's got injury problems now and and just trouble written all over him um and you know i think lucas giolito kind of fills your chris sale void which is really weird to say because i never really expected that to happen um i mean i'd rather have eloy jimenez right now than than jose quintana who's blowing games for the cubs up north it's just it's really weird to see all those work out and i think that's where you know, from the national perspective, you look at some of these young guys that the White Sox have and you say, wow, this is this is a great young core. I think where where our kind of expertise, I would say, kind of comes in just following this team on the day to day are all the red flags that kind of pop up that we talk about so often. I don't think there, there's been a day that's gone by since the Manny Machado signing where where you and I haven't really talked like I don't know if there's been more than a day except for when you're up in the Northwoods we're not sitting here talking about all of our concerns, you know, like why isn't this been done? What's going on with the lineup today? Why is so-and-so getting at bats over so-and-so? Why are we still strapped with, you know, AJ Reed after three weeks of ineptitude at the plate? Why was yonder Alonso allowed to basically be a train wreck at DH for so long? You know, you see some of this other stuff and I think the real problem with it is, is that, you know, we talk about a Titanic sinking over on the north side. We talk about how the AL Central could be up for grabs. We talk about how it, it just takes a few little savvy moves and all of a sudden this team could have competed this year, regardless if Michael Kopech's injured or not. 
And then you go into next year and you say, wow, look at this opportunity that's staring you right in the face. And you lose the faith. And the, you lose the the confidence that this team is going to make the right decision and go for it. And I think that's what's just the most disheartening is we've seen this story before and we're praying for the narrative to change. And over and over, it hasn't. And so why have any faith in it? Why do you want to invest all of your energy and mental health into here's the opportunity I see it right now, but then the organization lets you down. And that's what's tiring. That's what's staring me right in the face right now because I can see, I can I can picture a future in 2020 where we're sitting here at the end of September and you and I are doing a show about how the Sox are about to win the division and where we're going to go fucking party because this team is just so good. But at the same point in time, I feel like there's just the same reality where you and I are doing this show a year from now and we're talking about all the wasted opportunities and how we want Rick Renteria gone and why the hell is Rick Hahn still allowed to have a job after punting on two off seasons in a row. I feel like both of those are just so real to me right now. I can grasp both of them and it shouldn't be that way. Yeah, and you know what the thing is, and uh, probably negative 90 here, uh, cutting right in, but when you look at the additions that they have to make this offseason, they've given nobody any reason to believe that they will do that um, and will actually convert on it and make meaningful offseasons. I like to use the term. I've said it to you a lot. I've said it to Buzz a lot. Move the needle. Which guys are going to move the needle? Um, I don't, I, that's why my kind of shtick always was they're going to sign Gio Gonzalez and call it an off season because those are the types of signings that don't move the needle towards this, you know, like you'd said, what we want it to be, uh, at this time in 2020, talking about a team in the division race right now, uh, I'm vowing for a wild card spot, uh, whatever it may be, uh, where they are at this point next season, if they are competitive. Um, and then you also see so just some of the handling of things that have gone on. Uh, you know, they're going to play the service time game with Luis Robert. Uh, not that those two weeks in April are going to be the make or break on, you know, the, the season. I mean, granted, every game is important. I do understand that. But you know what I'm saying? The, that and then also just the handling of the players. You um, will get player development. We've had these guys that are coming up and, you know, now finally starting to look like they're coming to form. They were all at one time. The talent was always, always there. They were all at one time a top 10 or whatever, 25 prospect in the big or in the minor leagues. Now the last one left in that docket is Luis Robert. And there's no doubt in my mind that the where's magical, is, where's magical at? I mean, he's not, he's not as highly, you know what I'm saying though? He's not, a, I don't, I don't know the exact. Yeah, I, just, I, did, but, I didn't know if you had but, the rankings um, up in front um, of I don't, but you, you, when you talk about, you know, you'd mentioned earlier, you know, got a former number one overall, Eloy was number three, I believe before he came up. Julio uh, was, was a number one at yeah. one point. Yeah, when he was with uh, Washington, and then uh, you know, uh, Luis Roberts up there now as well uh, towards the top of these rankings. Where is this depth going to come from? Um, are there going to be any surprises? You would hope so. You, you want to hope that there's kind of a dark horse guy that's a later round guy or something like that, well, someone that's not really on the radar and comes up and does it. But here's one, here's the, one you can avoid thing. that by supplementing. You can avoid that by supplementing through free agency and just getting your best players available. Here's one thing that you just really hit on, and I, I wanted to make it a point to talk about tonight was they keep writing this narrative in the booth, and we saw it with Nicky Delmonico 
and then we saw it with Daniel Palka about every rebuild has a guy that comes out of the woodwork and sticks. And the Sox haven't had that yet. Delmonico came up. He was a good story for a little while. Then you saw Palka come up, and he was a great story last year. And now look at where both of those guys are. Where is the White Sox guy so far in this rebuild that just came out of nowhere? I'm trying to find him, and he's not there. So if if we're trying to count on some guy who's going to come out of the woodwork, I'm really not buying it at this point in time. I'm just not, because there's a guy that can come up and have a good season, sure. But where's the where's the seventh or eighth round pick guy who becomes a staple on this team out of nowhere and performs better than like, you know, like you said, we've had the the top guys, you know, the the Moncada, Eloy, Giolito, Luis Robert, like nobody ever expected those guys to fail. They were, they were almost too big to fail. And if they did, it would have been such a massive miss. And I'm glad we're not talking about that, but where is that next tier of prospect and like you said where does the depth come from you have to add because you can't rely on a guy coming out of the woodwork at this point in time we've seen we've seen multiple cases of guys come up you know it, it wasn't charlie tilson it wasn't ryan cordell it wasn't aj reed it wasn't jose rondon it wasn't daniel paul like the names just go on and on yep so at what point do you turn around and say, okay, we've got our six or seven veterans. Now we're going to go add Nelson Cruz's and, and whoever else, guys that can get the job done, pay them middle-of-the-road salaries, and we're going to go win. That has to be this offseason. Has to. Absolutely has to. The importance of this offseason cannot be understated at all. It started last offseason. That, that is when it was really important, and the, we obviously know how that all went down. We don't need to rehash it. Um, but it, it just makes this one even more. That puts more weight on this one uh, upcoming, and they can't screw it up from uh, going back to what we had talked about that kind of branched into all of this. Um, the you know the uh, business side of things, the obviously on the field product side of things uh, and the ability to make a splash here in Chicago sports uh, in the national uh, eye. So uh, it, it's going to be a very nerve wracking off season, Tony. I'll tell you that for sure. Um, I'm sure I'll be following it just as closely as uh, did with the Machado stuff last year, but um, probably with a little more uh, doubt in my mind just because of how that all went down. So um, it's unfortunate. That's the reality of where we are uh, at this point in it. Um, Tony, it, it is Socks on Tap. Do we want to get into a little bit of game breakdown? Because we do have some more elongated topics that we are going to hit uh, after the game. So, Yeah, absolutely. Uh, we didn't get a chance to talk last night. Um, apologies out to everybody who was expecting a recap after what was a great White Sox victory on Saturday night, 5-3 over the Tigers. Um, Nova went in that game. Uh, picked up the win, and uh, Calame got the save. He did make it just a tad bit interesting in the ninth inning, but as a car goes by, um, uh, it was it was a good night, a good Saturday night, great way to spend the night yeah. watching White Sox baseball for 
what was the last road night of the season. Uh, little recap here. Uh, Nova, five innings, eight hits, two runs, three strikeouts. Um, he should get at least one more start, I believe, uh, in the next series here uh, to finish out the year. And then it was bullpen A squad all night on Saturday. Marshall, bummer, column A. Door closed. Um, what I was waiting for in this game was column A to get into a little bit more trouble and hear from our favorite pal over at Sox on 35th, Jordan Lazowski, uh, tweet a little bit more about how uh, column A is regressing. And I just want to come out and say right now, a save's a save. The guy's only blown two of them all year. Give him a little bit of a break. I love Alex Calame. I love him closing ball games. Save situations. This guy's lights out. If you're up by three, you give up one. Doesn't matter. Win's a win. Um, you know, you like to say close only counts in uh, horseshoes and hand grenades. Well, saves matter. That's what I want to go back with. It, it, it doesn't. It doesn't matter if he was close to blowing it. He got the job done. So good job, Alex Calame. Uh, picking up a uh, save, I believe that was 29 on the year. Um, and, and the Sox, again, one of the only teams that has not lost after leading in the eighth inning. Um, so just there's some really weird stats around this team, Johnny, where it's like, wow, this team's like really good. I remember going back to like, you know, you get those stats during like the Stanley Cup Hawks runs where it's like the Hawks are, you know, 42 and 0 after leading in the third period after 15 minutes. That's that's how I feel about the Sox team because they just they they close these ball games down. And I think that that's something that you know, if we do make the right acquisitions, we go into next year and Calame pitches exactly like he does this year, which can't be counted on. I understand that. But if you get this back end of the bullpen on a competing team, man, look out. I mean, they're just going to close stuff down and and stuff will be good and happy times in in Chicago on the south side. Um, other than that, uh, yesterday's game, uh, you saw Tim Anderson go out there, get another hit, uh, average up 335 at the end of yesterday. Uh, and then you just got, you got hits from everybody, 17 hits on the night. This team just cannot stop hitting. Um, you know, like I, I know it's in the past already. This is Saturday night, but you know, you put up 17 hits in a night that that's getting the job done. Um, that's a way to score some runs. Uh, you're putting up 17 hits. Johnny, anything from Saturday? I don't know if you got a chance to catch the game or not. Yeah, so, so you kind of stole it right away from me as when I asked about if you wanted to go into the games and you and you just kind of went and rolled with it, which is fine, but I want to do a little intro, um, a little Earth, Wind, and Fire for the listeners since we didn't get to record on the 21st of September. Do you remember the 21st night of September? We do. Um, <laughs> you're rolling your eyes at me right now uh i had to plug it tone but uh like you'd mentioned uh timmy home run i was looking at the offense in this one uh moncada, moncada with a two rbi triple um you on moncada five triples on the season um a little numbers game here tony um who let's see crack them before this nice before this uh the season started or at the beginning who would you have predicted to have more triples Eloy jimenez or tim anderson You know, Timmy, just because the speed. That's what I would have thought, too. But, you know, thinking back on it and kind of knowing where we're going with this, Eloy's warning track power is just so strong that I feel like Eloy 
gives himself more opportunities to hit triples because if you look at triples, they're normally balls that are hit into the corner mm-hmm. or balls that hit off the wall and the then are enough. misplayed by the defense, where it's not really an error, but you can wind up with a triple. And I just feel like yeah. Eli puts enough off the wall that, that that's so close there because, you know, Timmy, even though he's going for the batting title, a lot of his hits are just kind of, you know, loopers in there or hard hit balls to the gap that, that really never have a chance to be a triple, so to speak. But, no, I, I probably just at the beginning of the year would have said, well, Tim Anderson, just based on speed alone. Yeah, I, I was going to bring you stole the words right out of my mouth. I was going to say that, too, because uh, I was looking at this. Uh, it got me interested when I saw that Mancata, you know, hit the RBI triple. That was in the fifth inning, I believe, uh, on Saturday night. And I was looking at it. And I was like, oh, wow, the Eloy is three tri- or excuse me, two triples. And Tim Anderson is zero um, just with the speed. I would have expected that. So um, I-, I like triples. They're rare. Uh, they're fun. We, maybe, a little, maybe a little weird baseball with the caroms off the wall, like you'd said, or in the corner. Can we go with triples are cool and tough? Oh, I think they, there's, you know, I don't know if there's anything harder to hit in baseball than a triple. No, no. I mean, obviously, home runs are you want you want the run in, but uh, triples definitely aren't because it's a feat, and then obviously uh, it can be a rarity uh, when you're getting it in a cycle, uh, something like that. So um, definitely cool and tough. Uh, I would say tone. Um, other than that, you'd you'd uh, already hit on the bullpen uh, side of things here. Marshall Bummer Calame uh, ball game. That's uh, excellent to see. Like you'd said, only two blown saves on the season for Calame. So uh, and they still won one of those games uh, that was blown. So I'm uh, you know I'm satisfied with that uh, from uh, excuse me on Saturday night and looking at Nova here. There's been time. It always seems like he he always gets hit. They they always touch him up a little bit. And he gave up eight hits in this one, but he goes five innings. Uh, I mean, obviously, kind of like to see your starter maybe go six there. But uh, there's a time where they're starting to hit him, and, and you got to take him out. So I get that goes five. But you, you've seen some of these times where he gets hit, you know, eight, ten hits against him, and the runs are up there. He's like six earned runs or whatever it is, five earned runs, only two earned runs. Uh, giving giving yourself a chance, and then that last run was not scored until the last inning uh, off of Calame. But obviously, it was able to lock it down right after that. So still, uh, and he still had two more to work with um in between then if, if it uh would have gotten any worse in any more jam there so uh that, that's all i've got for saturday night uh you want to move into today's game unfortunately a loss yeah real quick though if we get that same core um marshall bummer calame ball game i'd like a shirt that said marshall bummer calame ball game yeah beautiful just beautiful. Yeah. I love I love bullpen A squad. Yes. You know, it's just it's it's pleasant sight to see. Yeah, let's definitely get into today's ball game, although <laughs> I I'm I'm feeling really good, Johnny. Feeling really great after being in this garage for almost what is it, ten hours now? Going on it. Yeah. So I mean I've definitely had like a twenty four pack by now. And uh Feeling good, and this might just bring me down a little bit. So I'm going to let you lead it in, and I'll give my my opinions as I see fit. So the White Sox could not get the brooms out today, unfortunately, falling 6-3 to three in Detroit in the series finale. Um, last road game of the season, so um, at least that's done. The boys will be back in town after an off day here. But uh, like I had said, 6-3 loss. Reynaldo Lopez got to be the headline in this one for the White Sox. 
I just did not have it. Uh, four innings pitched, nine hits, five earned runs, one walk, three strikeouts, and allowed three home runs. ERA is up to 557. Uh, interesting little uh, note after the game when Ricky was meeting with the media and talked, uh, said when he went out to visit the mound and talked to Reynaldo Lopez, he said, I was concerned, making sure he was okay. It's a young man that has some pretty good stuff, and I wanted to make sure he was aware that he was actually pitching today. I didn't raise my voice or anything. It was serious, but more than anything, just making sure, hey, listen, you've got good stuff. You have particular ability of performing. It doesn't look like this particular time you are very focused and doing your job. Yikes. You know. That's calling them out. Yeah, it is. It's calling them out. It's throwing your guy under the bus a little bit here, but. I mean, let's be real. Reynaldo Lopez has said already to the media, my preparation will be different in 2020. A few things that that don't sit well with me is the fact that he said, my preparation will be different in 2020. So what are you doing the rest of this year? Like, you've got two, two, three starts left when you make that statement. Why not show up now? Why not show up now? You've yeah, already the narrative around you right now. You've already said at 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 the All Star break that second half Reynaldo Lopez is going to be different than first half, and we we got a little bit from you, and then it slipped back to the same shit that we saw in the first half of the season. I'm sorry. But if you tell me that the second half is going to be different and you give me some effort for a little while and then the team starts to slip and all of a sudden your performance starts to slip, that tells me one thing, Johnny. You know what that tells me? He's checked out. He's checked out. Exactly. And guess what I don't want on this team? Guys a, guy give up. a guy that fucking gives up. Exactly. I, I don't want to say that it's that's his mentality. But now you've said two or three different things to the media where you're proving to me that you're not really all in on this. Not to mention, and I'm sorry, I got to apologize to Wellington Castillo here, but if if you only agree to pitch to a guy who's not going to fucking be on this team when this team's going to, to be competitive and you only want to pitch to him, and not give McCann or even Zach Collins a chance. What are you going to do next year, Raylo? What are you going to do when Wellington Castillo is no longer part of this team? Because God forbid they pick up the option on this guy. I might lose my shit. But God forbid Raylo's gone or Raylo's got a pitch to somebody else. What's the excuse going to be next? Well, you know, I'm I'm just I'm trying to get used to pitching to James McCann, or I'm trying to get used to pitching to Savvy Zvaler or Zach Collins or insert free agent pickup name. So that's why I'm not pitching well. Next year is going to be different. You can tell me next year is going to be different, or next half of the season is going to be different. All you want till you're blue in the face. If Ricky has to come out there and remind you that you're actually pitching today. There's a freaking problem, and it needs to be solved. And I'm sorry, this guy does not have my blessing 
to continue to pitch in the rotation if that's the type of mentality he's going to take towards this. Ricky's called it out now. He's gone on <laughs> on two different occasions to the media and talked about how he's going to prove in the future. That's not what I want to see. I want to see guys who say, come out there and say, yeah, I was terrible today. I'm going to fix this in my next start. Not this next body of work is going to be good because that's just not putting the onus on yourself. You have to take accountability. This is professional baseball. You want to work on things? Go back to AAA. Help the Knights win a fucking AAA championship. <laughs> International League championship. Yeah. 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 Go, um, go back and do that. Yeah, so- if, that's, if, that's, if that's the mentality you want to take, go ahead and do it. But not, in, not, not on the Major League squad. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, Tony, you uh, you hit everything on the Raylo side of things there. I would just be uh, redundant if I were to go ahead and hit on that because I agree with you. Uh, it, show me. Uh, what, what have you done for me lately? And show me. Uh, don't talk. Uh, talk is cheap. So uh, that, that's on that side of things. But I do want to just comment on Ricky Renteria here. I like this from him. I, I know it You know, it sounds like throwing your guys under the bus or whatever, um, but I, I like the uh, transparency here. And being honest about what he said, because he could have easily made it up what he said to him, just oh, calm down, the normal, whatever. I like that he kind of said this, because first of all, it airs it out so then us fans can totally understand what's going on. And then it also sends a message to him, Zedrano uh, Lopez himself. And I'm sure he's gotten plenty of messages. I know that you know there's constant communication between these guys within the clubhouse, plenty that we don't see, um, different conversations and whatnot. But I like it because we had talked about not was it only a week ago about the whole accountability thing. And I feel like this is a good step in the right direction for, hey, you're actually going to get your ass reamed and not just behind closed doors if you're not performing up to standards or if you're just looking like you're not caring. So I like that. I do like this from Ricky. Definitely a little breath of fresh air here, even though this was a loss. So I'm going to ask you a question real quick. And before I do that, I'm going to preface it with with my kind of feeling on it. There's a lot of things that Ricky does that I actually really like. Like, I actually really like some of the stuff, like what he did today, and and especially talking to the media. I like that he called him out. I like that he put it on on display that, uh, you know, this is unacceptable in not so many words because he wanted people like us to talk about it, you know, like really get get to the nitty gritty of it. Raylo didn't come to the ballpark today ready to go. Plain and simple. You know, some people come back and be like, well, you're the manager. You have to you have to get this done. No, no, no. When Ricky comes out and, and says, you know, I had to remind him that he was here, that you got to put the onus back on, on Raylo and say, why didn't you show up to the ballpark ready to go today? Not only that, like Ricky's done some other stuff where he's talked about, you know, just – I go back to one that's very recent. I think there was yesterday or even today where they asked him about his offseason. Like, you know, what do you want to add to this team? He's like, well, we need veteran bats and we need pitching. You know, that's a little bit of everything. You know, Rick Hahn should take note of that and say, like, okay, you know, he wants to win ball games. I'm not going to go in there and say that his lineups day in and day out have been great. I could do without some of the bunting. But Ricky's always kind of been there for the guys, too. You know, he gets ejected from games in, in the right in the right times. He stands up for his players. There's a lot of stuff that Ricky does well. But there's also a lot of things that rub me the wrong way about him. 
I can't really make a determination right now, Johnny, honestly, about how I feel about Ricky Renteria managing this team on the go forward. Sway me one way or the other. How do you feel about Rick Renteria? I want to know. Unfortunately, I can't give you a decisive answer because of those aforementioned reasons that you had just listed off there. Um, from the in-game management style, I don't want to see Yohan Moncada bunting in a playoff, you know, type heated race situation. So from the on-field stuff, that and some uh, bullpen usage or pulling guys when, you know, I think they could, you know, get themselves out of it, stuff like that, um, th- that definitely has drawn some doubt from me. But stuff like this today, and, and you know what, it hasn't always been this way. This is why I'm ex- I have this quote up here, and I read it all off to you just before. I like seeing stuff like this because I feel like it's a different tone than we've heard Uh, Mm -hmm. before. It was kind of all gloss over. Everything's going to be fine. We just want these right guys to be developing. Obviously, you said the stuff about not paying attention to the record, but then 500 was the goal and you wrote that whole article about it. So there's been some conflicting things. So definitely not fully on board, I would say, but I'm not ready to can the guy yet. Um, that would be my stance on it. If you were looking for an actual determinant, uh, on that, unfortunately I can't determine it yet, but, um, this next season and, uh, how even the rest of the season plays out is going to be big. And if we're seeing more of that and I don't want him to, you know, I'd rather have him be talking about wins, obviously, um, always want to, but if there is going to be more adversity and there will be, you got the Cleveland Indians coming into town, you're probably going to drop a couple of those games. Uh, you know, hopefully only one, but, um, with the pitching matchups, what it's looking like, uh, probably, you know, I would say too, um, if there are things that need to be called out and he addresses that, uh, very straightforward. Um, I like it more from a, you know, manager of the sense and not just the management of the, uh, on field sort of things, but manager of a group of guys, uh, manager of a team, um, getting this team towards being a competitor next year. Um, and this one is as much as it is, criticizing your own guys you got to do that sometimes and let them know that's not going to be just glossed over and oh well the season's already shot anyway so we're gonna you know not not even care and whatever and right. we'll give the uh glossed over version to the media and all that good stuff um so yeah i if we continue to see more of this then it definitely tells me that he's looking more like the right man for the job. I'm not going to say he is yet because I cannot, uh, like I said, the bunting thing that that's, that's got to stop. That's got to stop. Well, it's, it's bunting in the right situations. You know, like we talked well, about Yolmer Sanchez might be a better option to bunt in yeah. some situations than, than putting the bat in his hands and saying, swing it. Um, you know, and there's a time and a place in baseball to bunt. It's not often. It doesn't need to be overdone. But there is a time and a place. And if he can learn that time and place and from the managerial standpoint, do it. You know, no manager is going to be perfect. You know, a lot of teams are always going to complain about their manager doing them more harm than good. And the more I feel like a manager stays out of the way of the ball game, which is easier said than done, a lot of people will praise it. But, you know, you, you hit on some good points when you say, you know, if he, he continues to, to send the right messages, that's somebody that we want. You know, I, I get behind that, too. I just think it's it, it's very difficult for me to make a determination on this. I mean, I, I know you brought up the article I wrote. You know, one day I'm ready to say this guy's got to go. And then he'll do something like, you know, call out the right people or, or say the right things. And then the next minute I'm like, OK, you know, maybe he's maybe he's the guy we want. 
you know, one of the things I saw from from a lot of people when we were talking about this was like, and especially uh, B-Flow from the 108, you know, Rick he can only manage with what he's been given. You know, he, he had to manage with Yonder Alonso and A.J. Reed on this team and Jose Rondon and Dylan Covey and Manny Banuelos and all those other guys. You know, how can you expect to judge a, a manager on him having crap all over his roster? I, I don't know how to judge that. But, you know, at some points I, I felt like he could have managed his lineup a little better and maybe not put the crap in it. But Ricky also wants to keep his job. Yeah. You know, Ricky yeah. doesn't want to piss off Rick Hahn because Rick Hahn will fire him. You know, so you've got to, you've got to, you know, at, at that rate, I look at what, what a guy like Beefloaf says, and he's like, you know, you got to manage with what you have. You know, I'd say 99% of the listeners on this show aren't going to go to work and blatantly do what their boss tells them not to do without fearing that there might be some repercussions, which includes not having a paycheck next Friday. Yeah. So, you know, there's, there's gotta be some sort of leeway given here, but at the same point in time, there's a lot of boneheaded moves. And I, that's why I asked you the question. I don't know where to go with it because it does a lot of shit that I like. And then at the same time, he does a lot of shit I don't like. So yeah. I, I don't know. It's yeah, what- just up in the air. Yeah, I'm with you, man. While we're on Ricky Renteria, this was not on my rundown here, but I do want to just interject it because you had brought up the quote briefly uh, when you're talking about some of his messaging and what he said recently in interviews uh, with the media. When he had talked about what they need for going forward, uh, sure, it sounds general. Sure, it sounds a little vague when he's talking about, oh, add the veteran bats and add, you know, your starting pitching and all of that. Uh, you and me and Pete Hand had talked about this in the group chat, and I just wanted to air it out for the listeners here. They better be having these conversations all together with Jerry. I include Jerry in there because you need him and Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn. All of these guys need to be in on that. And the manager is the one who's on the field, you know, managing it. Those guys can go and evaluate talent and look at contracts and all the numbers side of things. But if Ricky Renteri is telling you this is what I need to win, they better be friggin' listening and trying to yes. convert on that. That I think that's huge, and that should not be overlooked. So that is another thing that I like, uh, hearing a little more transparency from it. Because from bef- you know, I feel like an early season Ricky quote would be. I mean, granted, they might not be talking about these same topics, but it would be something along the lines of, "Oh well, you know, the the front office will bring the guys in that they feel that fit best for yada yada." Whereas this is more of a flip the script, and where he's saying this is what we're going to need. You know what I'm saying? Is Ricky tired of this shit? I, I, I think that, I mean it's hard to, to judge, but I mean maybe uh, I, I how, why wouldn't you be uh, if you're looking at just you know the, you know he said early in the season he doesn't look at the numbers, but uh, when you go and look at this, it's you know you obviously the goal was in his mind to be 500 this year, um, so I, yeah, no, it, I don't, I don't really, you probably do get tired of the shit. I don't really buy that he doesn't look at the numbers. Yeah, I, you know that's something I didn't really hit on in the article. It's on just, the friggin' lineup card every day. Yeah, it's on. Yeah, you, <laughs> he's looking at the numbers. I think we all know that. You know, and I haven't really given this takeout. I think he he knew exactly where they were, and he wanted to just play it down because, a maybe he knew that it wasn't sustainable, and he wanted to kind of diminish it. And maybe it just kind of went wrong, or b he. he he didn't want to continue to have that kind of pressure around his ball club. 
you know, like the, the pressure of achieving 500 and then going over because he felt like it was going to be a day-to-day story. And maybe he's still learning as a manager to, um, you know, deflect the media questions and he went about it the wrong way because I still think, you know, I, I still will crucify him for for telling everybody that he doesn't look at the numbers and then telling everybody that uh, 500 was his goal. But I, I don't think that Ricky's that dumb. I, I really don't. You know, and I'm not trying to be a Ricky apologist, but I don't think he's that dumb yeah. to not look at the numbers. I don't know about you. Yeah, yeah I'm with you on that, man. Um, uh, that's all good stuff. Uh, and Rick Renteria there, definitely, uh, I'd say, like, you, you, I'm with you, and I feel like a lot of listeners are in the same boat. Still too early to completely make a determination on that. Um, I wouldn't go and can him, uh, and I would want to see what he does given better tools to operate with. So um, on to our next one, we on to our next topic here. And it is another quote from the coaching staff, this time Don Cooper. Um, this one's a little different because this is on the topic of uh, fans, negativity, and all of that kind of stuff. So uh, Scott Merkin wrote a story. You know, He's the MLB.com writer for the White Sox. And Don Cooper, this is a quote from him, says, The worst thing in the world that uh, has come along as far as I'm concerned is Twitter and a lot of social media stuff that gives a voice to people who really shouldn't have a voice, that don't know what the hell a hitting coach's job is, the manager's job is, pitching coach's job is. They have no clue what the job is. Uh, I don't like that part of it. People are drinking beers. They get their beer muscles, and they're not afraid to talk or act bigger. I don't ever hear anything to my face at the field ever. Sounds like a little shot at untapped sports net there, Tony. Yeah, I mean... I drink my beer, I talk on this microphone, and I just, you know, the reason I do it, Don, is because I like to come at you from behind this microphone and and not say it to your face. That's exactly why I spend hours away from my family and, and doing other stuff is because, you know, I want to discredit you from your job and and really come at you and and sit behind a keyboard and 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 talk shit um you know i don't i don't really i don't know what you do don because i'm not there every day but if i had to guess i would say that uh you know you've you've held this position for so long that you're an expert and that you know you really have a good handle on the young pitching staff that uh you know, you know, you you really fixed Lucas Giolito this off season, so I credit you for that. And uh, you know, Alex Calame, you totally transformed his career into a closer. So you know, I just I want to thank you for all your hard work and effort into not only you know preparing this pitching staff to compete year in and year out, but uh, I I also want to thank you for spending the time and letting people know exactly what your job is. You know, like just that. I mean, Don, calm down. <laughs> Tony, I love it. Uh, great A, Nani sarcasm there. Um, yeah, man, it, it's uh, just another thing where it kind of feels like the, uh, you know, the Rick Hahn quotes from the White Sox Talk podcast back in, uh, I believe that was August, early August. Um, it feels like the, you know, it's kind of a defense defense mechanism uh, saying, no, oh, we're going to be good. We're going to be good. And everybody wants to kick us while we're down. It's easy to do in a rebuild. He did also say that um, he said, I'll remember everyone who's doing it. So I hope you have my name and number down. Uh, come Cooper. on the show. But, Don. Um, I, yeah. I, I want Don to come on the show. I think it'd be a pleasant conversation. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even I'm not even saying that as, you know, like I, this this will be hostile and we'll come at you for anything. But Don, if you if you do listen to the show, I'd love to have you on. I'd love to know exactly what a pitching coach's job is. Uh, that's an open invitation. I'm I'm a hundred percent serious. We'll sit here. I'll drink my beer, and I want to know what exactly it is you do every day. Because maybe I maybe I am wrong. Maybe I am wrong. You know, maybe I don't know exactly what your job is. But you know, if I Google pitching coach, I'm sure it's going to tell me that uh, your job is to help the pitchers. And <laughs> I just want to make sure that uh, you know maybe there's something that maybe there's something that I'm missing. Yeah, and, and you know what? I feel like this is uh, just another instance of someone in organizational representative kind of like I said throwing up the the guards a, a little bit here because a lot of this is more directed at the business decisions made um, front office wise uh, that's where a lot of the frustration comes in obviously there's stuff on the field too and fans are going to get like that you're gonna have that in any fan base uh, just FYI where people are upset with something or disagree well you know what it's also uh, the first amendment on uh, people are entitled to their uh, freedom of speech so um Sorry, that's the way it is. And then the age of social media, I know it wasn't back when you started, uh, way back when, um, but that's the way it is. And people can voice it. And it has also led to um, a lot of more widespread analysis, too. Of course, you're going to get the hostile stuff, but uh, filter, filter, know who to, uh, you know, take, you know, seriously or not take seriously, but, uh, you know, know who's actually doing it for being critical for the right reasons and who's just blown smoke because they're pissed off. So um, you can always take the lowest common denominator there and just say, oh, this, these people represent all of them. So you said you, know, you said it best. We, we're, we're here. Why, why the hell are we dedicating hours on a Sunday night to, you know, putting out this for White Sox fans? Because we're passionate about it. We love it. We want to see it succeed. Of course we want to see it succeed. Nobody wants to see the rebuild fail. Nobody... We, we don't want to be sitting here kicking you while we're down, but when we have legitimate concerns, we are going to air them out. Yeah, I mean, it's the same thing. Like, you know, one of my one of my favorite pictures in, in like, White Sox history is Don Cooper sitting there smoking a stogie with the 2005 pitching staff. You know, like, Don, I don't hate you. You know, like, but at the same point in time, if you're sitting there telling us that we don't know what your job is, and that you know we're 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 voicing the wrong concerns. Well, tell me why you're not smoking cigars in October. That's what I want to know. You know, because <laughs> if if you're that if 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 you're that confident in yourself, you should be fucking smoking cigars with Lucas Giolito, Reynaldo Lopez, and Michael Kopech next year. And if that's not what you're doing, we've got a problem. Yeah. I like it. You summed that up best. Uh, let's move on. We do have one last quote. This will just be the Sunday Funday quote show, I guess. Uh, but before we get into the Cleveland series, last home stand of the year, um, this one won't be as long because we already kind of uh, touched on a lot of the Ricky stuff here and the messaging and all of that. Uh, I think this kind of just goes back and uh, reinforces our point that we had made, Tony, and uh, Ricky Renteria on winning. He says, the direction we're going as an organization, it's on them to start showing us uh, they should be here as we continue to move forward because we are not going to be in perpetual uh, perpetuity uh, just develop, developing. No, it's time for us to start taking the next phase and step to winning. And that is the messaging I like to hear. So first off, taking steps towards winning is cool and tough. And I would like to just preface this with 
winning itself is cool and tough. Um, I like the messaging of that. However, I feel like that's such an easy thing to say. And I'm going to go back to a few different things. Number one, Rick Hahn came out. I want to say it was, I mean, this was all before the Machado signing. Um, but Rick said, you know, traditionally rebuilds take five years. However, we're in year three, and I feel like we've come to a point where we can expect success around this organization sooner. I believe he phrased it accelerating the timeline. Yes, accelerating the timeline. Um, that number one was basically the same. I, I take that at the same value now as, you know, the, you know, we expect to, you know, try and, and turn this towards winning this year. I already have a broken promise. Let's look at this as a relationship, right? Johnny, you know, you and I, we're, we're good friends. If I told you, you know, like, okay, uh, let, let's hang out this week on, on such and such day or whatever, or, you know, we, we've, got, we've got tickets to the game on Thursday. Let, let's go to the game Thursday. Okay. All right, cool. Well, it's Thursday. It's four o'clock and we're supposed to head to the ballpark. And I say, well, you know, actually, I don't, I don't really have tickets right now. Um, and you know what? I don't have money to buy them. So we're not going. You're going to be like, what the fuck? You know, that's a broken promise. You better not pull that shit on me on Thursday. <laughs> I, <I'm> not, <laughs> Your last I, game have, to- I have tickets. Um, <laughs> you know, that, that, that would be a broken promise. You'd be like, well, you know, he told me I'm coming to the game. We're both going to go. We're going to have a good time. Well, guess what? Rick Hahn, you told me that we're going to the game. We're going to have a good time. Guess where we're at right now? We're sitting at home. No beer. No fun times. No wins. Nothing. So broken promise number one. You want to tell me that uh, next year is going to be good? You know, that's like me coming back to you and saying, all right, well, you know, I know Thursday sucked. I didn't really have tickets. Didn't have money to buy them. But uh, let's go Friday instead. Well, guess what? I didn't get paid. It's not payday. I don't have money to buy tickets. Why the why the hell am I telling you that we're going to go on Friday? Well, I'm just trying to save face. I'm trying to you know keep you interested in being my friend. It doesn't really work. So you know it, you've already broken one promise. That's me talking to the White Sox organization. You've already broken one. Why am I supposed to believe you're next? Actually, prove it to me. I'm giving you the opportunity to. I'm not telling you that you're you're totally incredible, but there's got to be some skepticism behind it. Yeah, and I, dude, you're on a roll with these uh, analogies, metaphors, whatever the hell they are. I forget the difference, but I should spend um, more time in my yeah. garage drinking. Yeah, you, you're you're on a roll with them today. Um, yeah, I I'm with you, man. Uh, the the promises have definitely broken some trust, or the you know the the broken promises, the false promises, whatever they are. Um, so I'm with you on that front. Uh, just this coming from Rick Renteria, though. Um, I know it's you know it's what people want to hear. It's what you know he's probably gonna gonna say regardless. Hell, he probably said it at some point last year here. 
But uh, I, I feel like there's a lot of lip service from the front office, and we've heard that on you know the various forums that, that they've been interviewed on. When they come home for a homestand, and Rick Hahn's talking about uh, you know future with the media right, right before they play that first game uh, of the homestand. Uh, it's been a lot from him on the White Sox Talk podcast in various places. Um, I do like hearing it from Rick Renteria here and in this word because I have a highlighted you know the full quote. It's not highlighted. But the one I did, it's like, you know, uh, what the 108, and I think uh, Beefloaf likes to call it the perpetual rebuild. He actually mm-hmm. took that term, uh, perpetuity, um, just developing. And I like that because we're all at that point. We're ready. We're anxious. We are impatient. I don't care. I'll, I'll throw patience out the window because it's time. And uh, this is just kind of a nice wrap up to all the things that we had talked about previously on the show, Tony, because uh, it's time for them to start, you know, making big boy moves that are going to uh, put them in actually that becoming a reality. Uh, I think that's the biggest thing here. Um, And I just want to hear that everyone's on board with that. And it's not just kind of coast along, go with the flow here of, Oh, well, we still have time. You know, these guys still got to develop making excuses, X, Y, Z. It's no, the mentality is that it's time and it better be time next year. So, um, obviously we'll see if that plays out. Uh, I'm not going to hold my breath on it, but, um, I will take all this. I will consume all of it and, uh, I'll remember it if it goes good and I'll remember if it goes bad, obviously we'll probably bring it up again, uh, no matter what. So, um, I just wanted to close out with that. If you have any thoughts on that, uh, go ahead and fire them off and then we'll get to the Cleveland series. No, nothing. Just the fresh smell of bugs getting killed in the buzz zapper right now. Got him. You know, lighting up the garage. I don't know if everybody heard those four. It was like a whole family just got like annihilated by the buzz zapper. Um, pretty cool and tough hanging over there in the corner, um, killing bugs. Um, I'm ready to get into the next series and everything here, Johnny. Uh, I'm trying to pull up some probables. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just want to, I want to end this with, you know, just talking about a few different things here. I know we've gone through a lot of quotes. You said I was on a roll. I don't remember half the stuff I've said tonight, but if there's one thing I do want to remember, it's this week. I probably won't because there's going to be a lot of cracking them involved. The boys are back in town for the last time. Last time this year, baby. The last time this year, the boys are back in town. We're going to be at the ballpark a lot this week, and I just want to make this a good, memorable week. Johnny, this year started out with... On tap sports not not even being a thing when 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 the Sox were starting the year, but yet oh man, it's just rolling overtime back over there in the buzz zapper. But um, it this year started out with some awesome tailgates back in Lot B before we had a flag, before we had socks on tap. Before we were doing all this with Buzz, we started the year out the right way, cracking them in Lot B, down in some jello shots, and getting the season off in the right way. I want to end the year almost the exact same way we started it, going out with a bang, which means coming home from the Sox game, feeling good. And that's exactly what we're going to do. So why don't we get into this week, the White Sox Probables, our picks to click, everything. Let's recap not only this next series, but the next two series. And yeah. 
tell everybody what our, our ballpark schedule is. I want to have some beers with White Sox Twitter, with anybody that listens to the show. If you're going to be out there, let's just get to it. Yeah, um, absolutely, man. So the Cleveland Indians come to town. There's an off day Monday when you'll most likely be listening to this unless you're a night owl and get it late Sunday fun day style. Um, but uh, Tuesday is when the Indians roll into town. It'll be Mike Clevenger versus Hector Santiago in game one there. Um, it's a three-game series against you. We're going to run down just the overview of the schedule, and then we'll get back into that matchup. But um, 7-10 start uh, on Tuesday on the south side. 7-10 again, last dollar dog Wednesday of the year um, on Wednesday. And then uh, the 26th, another night game. Uh, it's Thursday, 7-10 uh, start again, last free T-shirt Thursday of the year. And then Friday uh, starts a four-game set with the Detroit Tigers, and uh, that is a doubleheader Friday. It was a believe the rainout was on June 2nd. Uh, they you know let everyone in the ballpark, sold their beer and all that, and then told everyone the game was canceled. I remember you had my tickets for that game, so um, it, we'll, we'll actually do, be able to hit that game together since I was yep. up in the uh, North Woods where I just returned from uh, for that July game. But, uh, yeah, that's a 340 start in that game one of that doubleheader, um, and then obviously they do about – half an hour after uh, the conclusion of that game, uh, close to 40 minutes, I guess, um, for game two on Friday night. And then uh, the 28th, Saturday, uh, that is halfway to St. Patrick's Day, uh, their official celebration of it there. Um, Saturday, the 28th, 610 start against the Tigers. And then the very last game of the season, Fan Appreciation Day, uh, my birthday, September 29th, Sunday. So, um, yeah. Uh, Tony, one thing on the uh, I do want to shout this out um, and I, I put a little tweet about it out there. But on the 28th, uh, that Saturday, that is the last game that WGN will carry for the White Sox. And I want to say good riddance to WGN. Don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out because the broadcasts have been super sloppy and um they can't be bothered to cut out of anything early for a uh, pregame show or stay after for a postgame show. So I will be very happy when all the games are on NBC Sports Chicago. Um, I just wanted to air that out. That's just a personal, uh, my personal take on it. But um, the, that's all. Um, well, let's get back into some of these earlier games. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Hector Santiago and Mike Clevenger. Uh, Clevenger is... Man, he just reminds me of you know watching Days and Confused every Hell time. Yeah. I, every time he every time he takes the mound. All right, all right, all right. I, yeah, I just I get that I get that feeling like you know like I should be watching Days and Confused right after the ball game's over. Don't know why, but I feel like you know Mike Clevenger is the kind of guy that could have starred in in Days and Confused. Um, maybe it's the hair, you know. Maybe I'm judging a yeah. little bit. Who knows? Um, but you know Hector Santiago. One and one, five point six five ERA, twenty nine strikeouts in the year. You know, Hector, I know your wife stands up for you on Twitter against the haters. Go make her proud. Go beat yes. Mike Clevenger, please. Like, please give give her some some ground to stand on. Love you, Hector. Love everything you've done for this White Sox organization. I love the fact that you're back here, and Third all time. that. Third time, you know, just like. We talk about like, it, it, you know, there, there's going to be some day, Johnny, when you and I are like in our 50s, 60s, and we're sitting there like, do you remember Hector Santiago? Like, I can't wait for those days because you know, it's going to be like Gordon Beckham, Hector Santiago, Brent Morrell, like all those yeah. names. You know, like people would be like, who, who the hell are you talking about? 
Um, Hector Santiago is definitely one of those guys. He is like White Sox lore at this point in time. Yeah, I think, and, and, you know, there were a few decent uh, stints and there were some times last year where he ate some innings in, you know, uh, situations where there was literally no one else to. So, um, not, I mean, obviously this one against Clovenger too, especially, man, um, the White Sox are going to have to give him some run support. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, that's that's going to be huge. Uh, I mean, the bats have not uh, been. I know today was a little bit of a drop off, but how when you look at Friday, Saturday at Detroit, um, you keep that hitting machine rolling. I know it is Detroit and they're in ultra tank mode. Like, I think they just own tankathon.com at this point. Um, but it, you just got to keep the bats rolling. And I want to see it from let, let's see how let, let's see if Eloy can get up to some insane home run mark. Um, what, what was Jose Abreu's uh, rookie uh, record for White Sox home runs? Do you remember what that is? If not, I'm going to do a little stat check here. I don't know. You might need to do a little stat check. Yeah, but, but uh... you know, like it, he, I mean, he would sure you would have to go on a in, uh, pretty insane tear. But uh, I think it would be awesome to see. Let's see. Uh, it was 36. So if he well, can somehow pull off six bombs, I'm not expecting it, but I do expect a few more because fireworks are cool and tough. Uh, I do expect a few more left in this homestand. But if he could somehow get there, uh, either tie it or surpass it, uh, that would just be unbelievable. So um, just wanted to throw that out. That was 36 that Jose Abreu hit in 2014 tone. So, um, so bottom, I- bottom line is just offense. I just went to tankathon.com and I'm pretty sure I just got a free little Caesar's pizza. Oh, really? Yeah. You know, Mike, Frequ- Mike, Illich, you know, he's, he's, he must sponsor tankathon.com. You get a free little Caesar's pizza and a free Detroit Red Wings and free Detroit Tigers ticket. Oh, yeah. If you go to tankathon.com. Yeah. So- sounds about right, man. It's weird. Um, weird stuff. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <sighs> Just go get the get goddamn job done against Cleveland. Last chance to kind of show up. We can play some spoiler here. here. We can play yeah, some play, spoiler. Play a little spoiler. That's always fun. You know, like just just go get this done. Clevenger's gonna be a little bit dif- difficult to get it done against. I know it's probably not gonna happen, but I could see a game, I can picture it, where Hector Santiago goes five innings, maybe gives up a run. But you get a good performance out of Timmy, Eloy, Yoan, Jose, and you're up three, three to one, heading into the fifth, sixth inning, and you get bullpen A squad and you go close this game down. I don't think that's that far out of the realm no. of possibility. Um, and if that's Hector Santiago's last game in a White Sox uniform, I'd like him to go out on on a good note. You yeah. know, you don't know if he's going to get a start on Sunday, but. Uh, this could be Hector Santiago's last game in a White Sox uniform, and I want it to be good. You know, you want to you want to see him ended on a good note. So, give him some run support, maybe two, three runs, um, and just don't don't screw it up, Hector. This is your last shot. Yeah, like um, you said, make make your wife proud, Tony. I did. I, I pulled up the standings while you were talking there. Uh, we can play some major spoiler here. Um, the Indians are going to be vying for every single game. Uh, they're right uh, tied with Tampa Bay. At um, both teams are 92 and 64 uh, for that last wild card spot. Both trail Oakland by two games right now. So I mean, they're they're going to bring their A game. How fun would it be to uh, knock the Indians out of? I mean, I know we, we can't completely eliminate them here. But how fun would it be to play a part in uh, them missing the playoffs? Oh, it'd be excellent. It'd be absolutely excellent. You know, we talked about it right when we started the show. The Cubs stuff. 
Cleveland, if there's somebody that I want to give like the biggest middle finger to in all of sports, it's the Cleveland Indians. I'm gonna, yeah. uh, I'll, I'll differ with you there and say the Minnesota Twins. Well, give me a give me a second here. You had one job, Cleveland. You had one job. Oh, you're White going Sox to 2016. Fans. Gotcha. And I'm going back to 2016. You had this in the, the only time we ever rooted for him. <laughs> you had this in the palm of your hand and you screwed it up. And then Jason Kipnis, I believe is a Chicago guy, had to come back and open his freaking mouth and talk about, you know, this lonely White Sox team beating the Cleveland Indians. What was that earlier this year? Yeah. And now Back. you're coming in. You're coming into our house with your season on the line. I'd want nothing more than to hear Jason Kipnis talk about how this lowly White Sox team, the bottom dwellers, screwed up their season. I want that interview. Give me that interview. Yeah. All right. So yeah, you make some good points there. I was just thinking more overall, and the Twins have broken my heart too many times uh, throughout my youth and growing up, and now. So <laughs> uh, that's why I picked the Twins. But hey, we, we got to spread the divisional hate around um, because we both focus on the Cubs. So I guess I can specialize in the Minnesota side of things. You in Cleveland. So um, I'll expect some heckling of Mr. Jason Kipnis while we're sitting down in 149 this week. Cool. I'm I'm hoping so. I am absolutely hoping so. I, I, I want to see Jason Kipnis come up to bat. You know, maybe we'll maybe we'll move a little closer to home plate for that at bat. Yeah, it wouldn't wouldn't be wouldn't be a, uh, a terrible idea. All right, so like you had said, um, this is the last homestand, last chance to get out of the ballpark for the year. So we want to give everyone the rundown of what our ballpark schedule is going to be like this week. Um, we are going to be out there quite frequently. So uh, Tuesday night, the opener of the series, I will for sure be there. Tony is still TBA uh, at this point, but there is a good chance that he will be there with me as well. Uh, we'll likely be sitting in the 149, probably cracking some beers in Lappy beforehand. So if you're out there, we'll put up some tweets from Sox on tap too uh, when we're out there and post a picture of where we're at. But if you're a listener and, and you want to come out and you know talk some White Sox and uh, have a few beers and enjoy the game, we're totally down for that. The first, one, first opportunity will be um, Tuesday night. And then yep. um, Thursday, or, or are you going Wednesday? I am not going Wednesday. Okay, Wednesday, so... Wednesday sounds like the only game that we will not be there. Yeah. So unfortunately, what... <laughs> and yeah, unfortunately, that lines up on Ross Detweiler Day. You know, like the the one guy that we needed to get out Ross there and the see boss. one more time was Ross yeah. Detweiler. Yeah. So uh, then Thursday for sure, uh, both of us will be there. Um, we'll see if we can rally up any of the other troops uh, since that will be kind of the unofficial kickoff of the weekend there. Um, so Thursday night, seven ten against Cleveland. We we will definitely both be there. Same setup as like I said. Uh, definitely going to try and get out there, crack some beers, and not be beforehand, and then likely sit uh, in the one forty nine, maybe move over to the one oh eight. Um, but we, we like I said, keep it posted on the social media. And then um, Friday, uh, all day at the ballpark um we will both be there for the first game friday 340 start um for sure that one unfortunately i have to take off for a wedding after the first game i'm going up uh to geneva uh, wisconsin lake geneva so um i will be peacing out after that but tony will be there uh, he's staying for both of them and then uh saturday take it away since i will unfortunately be uh at that wedding so because you've got to go to a wedding um we're hoping we're hoping at this point in time to throw our final tailgate 
of the year. Halfway to St. Patty's Day. No better way to crack them and uh, celebrate what was another year of White Sox baseball. I'm not going to say it was a great year, but it was a year of White Sox it was baseball. A fun, fun year for fans' perspective. It was though, a fun as year. In, as in yes. ballpark experience. Yes, ballpark experience. It was great. I enjoyed every minute that I spent at the rate this year. Um, I think Andrew Kinsler will be up there. Um, our guy, Jake Trojan, I, I believe he'll be there the same days I will Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Got to, got to clear the, uh, clear the schedule with him still, but, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he will be there. I'm sure, uh, our guys, Pete hand, the one eight guys, everybody will be up there. Um, hoping to get something together in lot B on Saturday. Uh, the, the lot should open up a little bit early because they're doing the, uh, the Sox pub crawl again, mm-hmm. uh, the second Sox pub crawl. So we're hoping to get up there a little bit early, have a little bit of an extended tailgate. Could be a little bit of a crazy night. Um, pretty sad that you're not going to be involved in this one, Johnny, because, uh, you know, there's no better way to uh, kind of celebrate the end of the year than uh, just getting completely hammered and enjoying the last game that we will be at the stadium for. Um, so I'm hoping we can get a little bit of that out of the way on Thursday, Friday. I know you got to drive out of there um uh, on friday so um if you're if you're looking to catch johnny thursday's your day but uh saturday could get a little bit hectic we'll see what happens um i know i've talked to uh, white Sox dave i think he's going to be there saturday as well and uh we'll close this year out the right way and uh there may be some jello shots on on saturday we'll, we'll see what happens yeah, I feel like you had said uh, it's probably only appropriate to close out the season the way that we started it. Um, and yeah, so you may be soliciting uh, your lovely wife to uh, <laughs> make a few more of those jello shots. Uh, Absolutely. Do that up on Saturday and do it right. So, um, Tony, uh, that's all I've got. Final thoughts. Uh, final thoughts. Uh, you know, we may, we may only get one more Sunday fun day in during the season, depending on what time you get back from your wedding festivities. But, uh, you know, Johnny, it's been a fun year. Um, you know, we saw it a few different times on, on socks on tap this week, but, uh, thank you everybody who's tuned into the show. Um, obviously just started this year. We've, we've had tremendous support from a lot of different people. Um, just going to shout out a few right here. Uh, unprotected socks for coming on here. Uh, NWI Steve, he's been on here. Uh, Pete Hand, um, the 108 guys, um, uh, Jordan Mills. Um, who am I forgetting here, Johnny? There's been there's White, been a ton. White Sox Sale. Uh, White Sox big, Sale. Big yeah, thanks to you for, for for sharing the episodes. Uh, Aussie Sox fan, our recent High yes. Sox Weekly guest. Uh, but we know he's a listener. Definitely uh, likes to crack him, kick back, and listen to us. So uh, thank you for that. Um, and I mean, there, there's there's countless others too. Yeah. Anybody who's reached out, uh, we appreciate it, and we'd like to, uh, you know, uh, give a little, uh, you know, something back. So if you come out, you know, we, we can uh, reward you with some beers um, and just, you know, have a good time at the ballpark, uh, all of that good stuff. Uh, that's what this last week, last homestand, will be for, definitely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, who's the other guy? Uh, Berklin. Uh, yeah, Matt Berklin. Yeah, Matt Berklin. Um, there's, there's been a ton of you, um, and if I didn't name you, I'm sorry. Um, if you can't tell, I've had plenty of beer tonight. Um, just feeling really good right now. And I just want to let everybody know who's tuned into this show um, day in, day out. Uh, we appreciate you. 
Um, if you have the chance to head over to um, Apple Podcasts, throw us a rating, uh, give us a review. Um, we'd love that. We, we've we've really uh, had quite a long year. I know the Sunday Fun Days just started a few weeks ago, but we plan to continue that through the off season. Uh, so we hope you join us. It's it's been such a fun year. Um, just getting to voice our opinions on this team, our takes. Um, we appreciate all the support. Um, we couldn't do this without you guys because um, if we were just talking to ourselves, we wouldn't record it. Um, so again, thank you all for tuning in. It's it's been a fun year. Can't wait to do it next year. Um, other than that, Johnny, um, I want to plug our new show coming up because you and I just because the sock season doesn't mean that just because the sock season's ending doesn't mean that you and I are going to stop talking on the microphone almost every night. We've got, uh, we've got a Blackhawk show coming up. So why don't you let everybody know about four feathers and Blackhawks on tap? Absolutely. So, uh, the way that on tap kind of all got together, um, uh, Tony and I's for, or the first project that we really went in on together was the four feathers podcast, uh, where we did it once weekly, uh, during the season last year for the Blackhawks, um, kind of same format kind of as a shy Sox weekly or uh Sunday fun day like this for socks on tap, but talking Blackhawks hockey. Cause we both really love that. Uh, definitely our favorite winter sport, uh, by far. So uh, we were really passionate about that, did that, got that up and rolling. Uh, that is Four Feathers Podcast. You can find it all the places you listen and then on four, on Twitter at Four Feathers Pod. And then uh, just like we have Socks on Taps here, um, to get more of a daily thing, kind of a game uh, recap and game preview for the, the next upcoming match, um, we're going to start a Blackhawks on tap as well. So as soon as that is in the... Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all that good stuff um, should, should be within the next couple of weeks, uh, just in time for season opener, which is October 4th. Uh, Tony and I will be doing that. Uh, and then also our great panelists that we have on Four Feathers will be joining us for those as well. Uh, just kind of how we rotate here with Buzz and me and Tony. It'll be me, Tony, Ron Luce, and Patrick Comiskey. Um, so, I mean, if you want to hear us, if you're if you're not sick and tired of us <laughs> at this point, uh, and definitely want to. And if you want to uh, learn a little more about hockey, uh, not calling us experts, but um, I honestly could probably say that I know more about advanced hockey metrics than I do uh, advanced baseball master metrics. So, um, you know, and we've got takes. We'll bring them fiery, uh, just like we do on Socks on Taps. We'll be pissed off when they lose. Uh, we'll be over the moon when they win. And uh, we'll talk about the positives, negatives, breakdown, all that good stuff, just like you'd hear at Socks on Tap, but for the Blackhawks. Yeah, and if you're looking for good guests and uh, extended episodes uh, to kind of just get you through and, and you enjoy listening to us, for whatever reason, uh, tune into Four Feathers. Um, you know, it's going to be me, Johnny, and then, like he mentioned, the the other panelists that are on there. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll continue to talk sports through the winter. Um, like I said earlier, we're going to still have these Sunday fun days. But uh, if you're a Hawks fan, you tune into the occasional hockey game. Or if you're a diehard, um, I hope you give uh, Four Feathers and Blackhawks on tap a, a listen and uh, just you know, continue to support what we're doing over here at on tap. Um, it's, it's been, it's been awesome, Johnny. 
Um, yeah, I, I got I got two more with winter sports. If hey, if hockey's yep. not your alley, uh, we got Bull, you know Buzz, uh, our guy Buzz here. He is the host of Bulls on Tap. Him and Bull scripted uh, Keith Franz. They do a great job. Uh, they're really engaging, um, and they will be covering Bulls as soon as preseason ramps up. They had a few offseason episodes. If you want to go get caught up on their roster moves, there. That's Bulls on Tap. Like I said, all the places you want to listen, um, it's out there. And then they're on Twitter at Bulls on Tap. And then you can always go and listen to the podcast at ontapsportsnet.com slash podcast. And then football, obviously we're right in the middle of it right now. Bears uh, going week three. Uh, they'll play Monday Night Football. Bears on tap. we got a great panel of guys over there, too. Uh, Patrick Comiskey's been on Sox on tap once or twice, uh, uh, just dabbling on early throughout the year. But his uh, his focus in the fall right now is uh, Bears before uh, the Hawks season really ramps up here. So um, he's on that. And we got other great guys from your amp, Brandon Suarez, as Shysak Shonda's brother. Uh, but they'll be bringing it a preview episode for each game and a recap episode uh so that, that that's our winter coverage if you want to stay in tune with on tap sportsnet and tide you over to baseball season next year yeah we'll be doing tons of stuff to get you guys through the winter back into baseball season including baseball coverage like we mentioned earlier but uh definitely shows you should check out and then uh johnny one last one i want to plug is uh the wonderful show that you do with our Shy Sox Weekly co-host, Shy Sox Jonda, at Big Ten on Tap. Um, you guys are breaking down all the Illini and Northwestern football. Um, that's definitely a show that uh, if you want to hear Jonda and Johnny go at it, uh, that I think you guys should check out because it's, uh, it's very entertaining. Um, you guys bring tons of excellent college coverage, something that I am definitely not uh, – not well versed in, but uh, you guys do a great job over there as well. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that one. That one's a fun one. Like you said, it's uh, Shy Sox, John Dunn, myself. He's Northwestern guy. I'm an Illinois guy. Uh, we'll go at it um, when we were, you know, poking jabs at each other. And then we'll also uh, gang up on the other Big Ten uh, teams that we play. We have a trash talk section over there uh, so we can get a little rowdy. You know, that, that's part of the, the best thing. It's like imagine a game day banner like you'd see on a college campus, but in podcast audio form. So that's uh, good stuff. Uh, thanks for plugging that tone. Absolutely, Johnny. Can't can't forget our guy. Um, I know his uh, his scooter was not running this weekend when he wanted to ride. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, unfortunate for both of us on that one. So maybe a little melancholy, but yeah. and, uh, also get us pissed off and all amped up for the next week's game. So uh, that's it, though, Tony. This is Socks on Tap Sunday Funday. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. Uh, we'll be back next week with the last in-season Sunday Funday of the year. Like we'd said, we plan to keep these things rolling all offseason, keep you up to date on all the news, uh, any quotes, any action that comes from the Arizona Fall League, all of that good stuff. So uh, that being said, Tony, White Sox forever. White Sox forever. <laughs> <laughs>